Hello and howdy. Welcome to another Adventures in Angular. My name is Alyssa Nichol. And with us today on the panel, we have the wonderful Chris Ford. Tally ho. <laughs> and also Brooks Forsyth. Hello. <laughs> we'll, work uh, on, we'll work on your on your British introduction, Brooks. Yeah, the, the, the counterbalance there was beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I was going for. <laughs> oh my goodness. So today, our guest of honor is Brad McAllister. Brad, what is up? Howdy. How are you? That's my, uh, that's my, my counterbalance. Leveling up is important. I spend at least an hour every day learning ways I can improve my business or take a break and listen to a good book. If you're looking to level up, I recommend you start out with the 12-week year as a system to plan out where you want to end up and how to get the results you want. You can get it free by going to audibletrial.com slash code. That's audibletrial.com slash code. Mm, so now, Brad is oh, from Oklahoma, right? Oklahoma, yes. Mm -hmm. And what, what part are you in again? Northeastern Oklahoma. Northeastern. It's called green country. <laughs> it is. Even though country. it's not very green. It is called green country, but it's not very, I mean, it's greener than the rest of Oklahoma. <laughs> Which with one match could go up in a fail blaze, but. We won't go there. <laughs> True. You know, look up where Oklahoma is on a map. I don't want to feel, I don't want to be the ignorant one. Right. In America, middle? that much. Yeah, I, I like, don't know either. Take planes over it occasionally. It's, it's the hat on Texas, right? Like it's yeah. just right there. Actually, <laughs> oh, yeah. Occup occupied I, I North Texas. North of, I know it's North Texas. I know that. <laughs> North Texas. Oh my it's goodness. the best part of North Texas. Brad, tell us, for people who don't know you, who you are, where you're from, et cetera. We went over where he's from. No, I meant like so, in the tech community, but... Uh, uh, like I told you, I'm from Oklahoma. All right. I am a second career dev, essentially. I was an IT guy doing just server and desktop support and stuff for years and years and years and was very unhappy with that and really wanted to start being more creative. So I got into development on my own time and gradually was able to move into it full time and basically been doing front end the entire time, started getting into back end dev stuff, not terribly proficient at it yet, but I can make things happen. And yeah, so been working with Angular since I think pre 1.0. So. Oh, so you were with the AngularJS? Oh, yeah. Group of people. <laughs> I had, I mean, yeah. So I guess technically I did AngularJS and then I learned Angular later. So yeah. since they're not at all the same thing. <laughs> so are you a certain company? Are you huh? uh, contracting? Oh, good question. Good question. Yeah, I forgot that part. Yeah, software engineering lead for a product called Smart Shopper. Company name is Sapphire Digital. And we do healthcare, healthcare transparency software. So that's fun. So our app is all Angular and it's actually .NET Core on the back end and running on Linux, which is fun. And we were kind of on the bleeding edge of that for us at least three years ago when we started running .NET Core and Linux with an Angular front end and all that kind of stuff. Mm. So yeah. How, how big is your team? My team is four, including me. So it's not super big. But we get no. stuff done. No, I love it. I, I, that was the size of my team before this, but we had two back end and two front end. And I can't believe you're like going full stack now. I feel a little betrayed, but I'll forgive you. <laughs> I'm only going full stack because I probably should. Mm. I still don't enjoy it. <laughs> like I, I'd okay, as do long UI as your stuff. heart, you know, isn't yeah. going to .NET, then I can. <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. We were a .NET shop on this side of the team long before me. So we just had to keep with that. It's what? funny because the other side of our shop is Ruby. Oh, my gosh. How do so you? Ruby on Rails. So we have Ruby on Rails for one backend and .NET Core and .NET Standard for a different, two different backends. And then all Angular on the front end. Yeah, Ruby on Rails was the the first startup that I worked for. And that was kind of how I got introduced to like the way backend should be. So it's always weird for nice. me to experience the, the other side. So that's a really interesting mix for a technology stack. It is. I really tried <laughs> to get into Ruby on Rails when it first came out, but I didn't have a Mac. I only had a Windows machine. And so I got this book that was brand new and I was trying to do stuff and A, the book was wrong in places. B, it wasn't working on Windows and I got frustrated and threw it away. <laughs> so that, that was my foray into Rails. True story. Like, Very uh, true story. Like Windows development. Yes. Just out of interest, is it running, is it like one application that's running on these two different backends? No, no. They're, they're different things. Yeah. The, yeah. The, the application that I'm working on at the moment is, it actually is like half of the backend is in Java and the other half is in C Sharp. 
we basically got two offices on different sides of the country. And like in my office, it's all C Sharp. And in the other office, it's Java. But the, it's like one united front end, which is running Angular. So basically, this front end app is talking to both backends? Like- yeah, I mean, it's, it's microservices, right? So mm-hmm. it, it doesn't really, from the front end point of view, it doesn't really yeah. matter which one it is it just means that when the, the devs in my office have to do changes to the to the back end from the other office there they will just basically get very upset because uh, they, don't, <laughs> they don't they don't want to look at java and i i believe it's it's vice versa from the other office as well yeah so our two apps one app calls a rails back end from the front end from angular and then that rails back end will sometimes call the net standard APIs to get information and pass through to Angular. And then Smart Chopper is Angular on the front end, .NET Core API for it on the back end that also then calls that same .NET API that's .NET 4 or 6 or something. And yeah, so it's kind of interesting. So the one old school .NET thing that they are trying to convert, I say old school, that's going to sound terrible. Sound <laughs> mean. I'm, I'm sorry. It's not. They're trying to convert it very hard. It is kind of the brains of a lot of the stuff that we do. I think most things are considered old school in comparison to JavaScript, right? Like just with how new JavaScript. Well, it depends on depends on the month. <laughs> JavaScript is actually considerably older than anyone realizes, though, as well, isn't it? Is it? Isn't it like oh, yeah. twenty plus years old? Yeah, it's like twenty something years old. Yeah. I did not know that. Yeah. See. Wait, how old is the browser? Which one? Mosaic. Just like, just like the browser. Like, oh, just browsers being a thing. Yeah. Well, I remember using Netscape Navigator when I was about 13, which is kind of when we started to get the internet in the UK. When was that? Like 1995, 96? Yeah, I was going to say mid-90s. Yeah. Mid-90s. Mosaic was the precursor to Netscape. And I think Mosaic was the first, I think it was the first actual graphical kind of browser. Mosaic was? Yeah. Okay. So Mosaic turned into Netscape, if I remember right, but it's been... A long time and i i'm not a, a historian on the fact i just thinking back <laughs> so tell I, us I, have a, I have a fun fact i'm oh, sorry i'm i'm, no, no, I'm fact i heard this on a podcast maybe it wasn't this one because otherwise i'm just recycling the info the company mozilla is named because the founders wanted to build a browser that was a mosaic killer as in <laughs> mosaic the browser they that wanted to build a replacement legit sure yeah Oh, I love that. That's beautiful. Yeah. So maybe, but I thought I thought Netscape developed or developed or evolved into Firefox Mozilla stuff. I think. Well, Firefox, yeah. yeah. So I thought Mozilla, Mosaic. I don't know. I thought it was all the same company. Maybe I'm wrong. I'm, I'm sure somebody will fact check me and, and tweet. Yeah. They will tweet us. They will yes. add us. You guys are wrong. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you know they will. Don't tell someone was wrong on the internet. Yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness. So yes, topic of the day. We had a huge. I don't even know. Bunny, bunny hole, rabbit trail. I, rabbit trail. Yeah, there we go. But yeah, what are we talking about today? We are talking about Angular Elements and NX and Storybook and that kind of stuff. Awesome. Awesome. Are, so the are little you, React shaking in there. Is, so the, the main application that you're using, is it using Storybook? It is not, but I am working towards transitioning it into an NX monorepo that has another app that is a smaller app that we've been using to experiment with this entire concepts without the elements part. So we don't need to ship out elements any, anywhere, but using this whole setup makes it easy where you can create your own elements for your app and pull them in really easily through the monorepo thing and NX makes that super simple. And then you can also add in another project that then would build the elements that you could then publish out somewhere else. And it doesn't really affect your actual project. So for people who've never even heard of Storybook, because mm-hmm. I think I was there like ground floor, I was like, oh, wow, this is awesome. But I know there's a ton of people who've never heard of it or used it. Can you give a like, brief introduction? I can do my best. I was actually going to look up what is Storybook, because every time I'm asked, I'm like, well, it's uh, <laughs> the the. Look, see, it does this. So essentially what I have boiled it down to for me is it is a really quick and easy way to develop components for your app in a sandbox where you get fast feedback time. You can kind of keep them isolated so that you're forced to create good reusable components that aren't necessarily getting adverse effects by the app or any of that kind of stuff. The cool part about it is with the feedback thing, you don't have to enable hot module reloading in your Angular app necessarily. And you don't have to wait for your whole Angular app to refresh every time you're working on a component because Storybook uses HMR. So when you make a change in your component, it just takes 
very little time to refresh and you see your changes immediately. You can set up knobs, which are little tweaker things you can use to tweak it. Those are typically, at least for Angular stuff, they're typically inputs on your component. So anything that would be an input on your component, you can set it up to be a knob and that can be any number of things, a Boolean, a select box for different options, text fields, things like that. So makes it real easy to see like a button component. If you, we've been making a button component that is incredibly complicated, but incredibly simple to implement. So the component code is really complicated because we're accounting for all kinds of different options and ways to do a button because designers are like, well, on this thing, I need this button to say this and have this icon and be this size and do this. And the disabled state is this and the theme is this. But on this one, it's completely different. So you end up, as we have, with all these different buttons all over the app and none of them work the same and none of them look the same. So trying to consolidate those into a cohesive thing and a consistent thing, but still enable the flexibility, being able to do the things that the designers want or that UX wants, where we went with Storybook to show us this easily with the knobs and they can go in and they can, they can check it out. They can add all these things and the inputs and the knobs, easily see disabled states versus not instead of having to say, hey, how do I get this to disable? And that kind of stuff. So it has lots of interesting plugins. So you can do like mobile views, which are, are nice. Instead of using the Firefox, not the Firefox, the Chrome or Firefox dev tools to squeeze the whole thing down to mobile, it's got one built in so that you can still have the whole storybook app surrounding your viewport and see the different mobile stuff. It has accessibility stuff you can add, which is really nice to see what your colors are doing and other things. So it's cool. It's got a lot of plugins. Walk me through using it. So you open okay. Storybook and I want to create like a button or like you were saying, like create a component. What does that look like? And how does it feel to like then take that and integrate it with the app? Or are you integrating it with the app while you're using Storybook? Yes. So the, the, the cool thing about using Storybook is once you have it installed in your app, it has some setup files in there that you can change, edit if you want to or not if you don't. Once it's all set up, then you have a stories file and that lives inside the same folder with your component. So for your button component, you would have button component.stories.ts or whatever, JS. And it's just JavaScript. You put objects in there to describe your stories, different states, you can set up as many stories as you want. For a button, you could have a disabled story. So on your left, you would see, you know, like a little hierarchy, a nav menu thing under your button component that would say, you know, button, no icon, button with an icon button that's disabled, button that is bigger than the other buttons, buttons that's square, buttons that's whatever. And then you set each one of those up is a JavaScript, basically a little config object in, in Storybook in the stories file. And they're just stories that are set up in there and you specify all the things you want and none of the things you don't want. And it works. How do you get your button then over to your app? Or is, is, is Storybook oh, yeah. separate or is it a dependency for your main application or...? It is 100%. Yeah, it's no, it's 100% separate providing you're using it in your component that's in the app. So if you had a separate thing, which you could do, then you would then have to do the copy paste thing. But that's where NX, the monorepo comes in. The beauty of that is you have your app at the top under apps and you have your libs and your storybook lives in the libs section. And you do have to do some setup for the monorepo to have one storybook instance to be able to see all those those libs, but it's it's pretty easy. It's just where you point paths to. And the code just lives there. And it's the same code that you're pulling into your app. It's the same button component. There's no copy and paste. You could have your your either your Angular app or React app or whatever running and you know ng serve have it running and have Storybook up and you would see the change in both apps as you make it. It just Storybook would refresh a lot faster. Wait, so okay. you're saying and you I'm, have the same components serving to these React and Angular apps? Well, no, I threw React in there to be okay. inclusive, but oh. it would be, no, because Angular without elements can't fit in React. So that's where you would have to go through the whole Angular elements thing and build it and then throw it in there and stuff. But as far as purely an Angular app, you can have your app running and your component in Storybook running, and then you can edit your components and see the changes on both screens. So you can see in a, an isolated way how it's doing a Storybook. And if you really wanted to see what it's going to look like in the app, then you can boot that up and see the changes too. And are the components written in Angular or whatever framework you want? Yeah. It or I believe Storybook supports 
Angular and React, and I think Vue, and I think some others. I haven't really looked at it. Yeah, I saw a big list. I didn't know if that was just a yeah. list of what you can oh, yeah. bring Ooh. the components into, or <laughs> if that's what you can write them in. That's what you can write, and Storybook will recognize it. So yeah, React, Vue, Angular, Ember, Mithril. Wait, what? Where are you getting this list from? Storybook.js.org. No, no Elm, I see. No. (laughs) I think Jim's, sorry to anyone who loves Elm. (laughs) I haven't even heard of some of these. What is Rex? I don't know. It's quite a support list. Yeah, Mithril was kind of a meteor kind of thing, wasn't it? I thought, or maybe I'm getting them confused. I don't know. Oh, you can go straight to the HTML? Shut the front door. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, it's a dumb thing to be excited about, but I... I love it. It's very versatile. Wait, so, okay, you design button and you're like, this is the button to end all buttons. And it's like plugged into like this NX Mono repo, which is then connected to your Angular app. Is there, if you're like, now I have this like static website and I need that exact same button in HTML. Is it just like a toggle on Storybook that you're like export as this thing? Or are you writing code along with like the storybook canvas? Like how does how does that work? So how does it work to create a button that is usable in just a generic HTML site? Yeah. Like, is it just as easy as like, oh, I want to now export it as HTML? Yeah. Or is there a bunch of things that you need to do? You don't really export it. I mean, it's just your, it's your component. So wherever you're writing, writing that component, it would not change how you would do it with or without Storybook. So it just lives wherever it lives. And there's a stories file in there if you're using Storybook that then Storybook can look at and run, run all the stories and all the stuff. If you don't have that, it's no different than what you would do today. So with or without the stories file is the only real difference. I guess because it's because it's in an X, you you literally where you're using it in your main application, you just like import my magic button from like app lib slash storybook or something exactly like that. yeah exactly so yeah it's it's the only difference is the stories file and then the okay. setup for storybook so that storybook knows how to run itself but the literally the only difference in your app is the stories file okay because so however you're doing it the today. storybook made me think it was like maybe like sketch where you're like actually drawing things or something with oh. storybook so okay but you're actually you're writing the code for your components, right? Oh yeah, like, totally. Okay. You're it's it's just a wrapper around it so that you can see in real time, which sounds stupid because Angular and React they all do that anyway, but it it gives you a, a means of just isolating that component and really taking the time to develop that component that then could be pulled out and used at any spot in your app consistently with the inputs uh-huh. instead of oh, and this one we need to add this little class here because of whatever reason and now it's deviated from the rest of it. And so it kind of helps you not do that or plan for it. It's okay to do that if you plan for it and you know it exists. But if somebody goes in and just hacks something, then when you go to do something else, it's like, why doesn't it work like this? Because it's supposed to work like that. And yeah, so this is just a helpful thing to not have to do that. And a helpful thing to help, you know, for designers to go in and see what the interactive result is their design. Yeah, it sounds like if you want to have reusable components that are actually like isolated to themselves, it's a huge tool in getting to that with... Oh, absolutely. And I've then, loved it. And it sounds like NX is also really helpful with reusable components. <laughs> Very much so. I think Victor Savkin said like, I forget the right number, but 99% of your, your code should live in, in libs and not in the app. So it makes it really... Interesting, actually. It's a, it's a paradigm shift for some people. It took us our team a while to get over it, over the hump of really learning how it's constructed and how to put it together. Because they're like, well, what about this? Well, shouldn't it live here? I'm like, well, no, I don't think so. It's supposed to be here. So let's figure out how to do it. Same, you know, like routes and all that kind of stuff. Things that don't immediately seem like components are still libs in NX. And you got to figure out how to pull them in as a lib instead of just living up in that app folder. That is a paradigm well, that, shift. What lives, because you're saying 99%, what's the 1% that's outside of? Index.html. Yeah. Yeah. That and the app, the whole app component with the routing, basically. And then you point in the routing with lazy loading, you point to the libs folders to get your stuff. And index makes it easy because they give you paths. So it's like at my cool project slash, you know, get my button or whatever. So it makes it really easy. You don't have to do absolute paths or even relative paths that we traditionally know. It's scoped, I guess is the right word in NPM terms. So just doing, just using NX in this way, disable the ability to like turn off view encapsulation? 
it sounds like it would, it's kind of furthering this idea of these styles belong to this component only. And so in there's some times when I'm like, yep, I'm going to turn off view encapsulation for this component so that it actually CSS cascades and works the way it's supposed to. <laughs> like, I'm assuming if you've got it set up this way, that's kind of, it's it's going against that that new paradigm. You yeah. still have a global global CSS file though. Like we, we use NX where I work and just, just going back to your point about the paradigm shift and what it took me ages to properly wrap my head around how it works. And we find that like onboarding new devs is a little bit slower because there's so much, there's a, just this added layer of complexity, but um, I do actually really like it. But but to, to Alyssa's point, you know, we we, ha- we do have this big, uh, big old like SCSS file, which is which is like the global styles, <laughs> the global giant. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, you, you gotta have one, so you you can still do that, even though you've got your because it's only really the components that are living out in in these other libs. That your app is still being pulled together into a single place. So when you're actually rendering it in the browser, you know your global styles are still going to filter down if you put the right class on and things like that. Yeah, you can do that. We went another way. <laughs> what did you do? We are using Angular material. So no, no CSS. It's just text. No, we are using Angular material. So we are taking advantage of the theming and pulling in, taking great advantage of SAS and the Angular material theming and passing in themes and palettes and stuff into our components for client theming for different things. And so there's really all of our styles live inside the components. We even created a what? Oh, I was going to ask if you could do a schematic so that would that would like generate your components with like the imports that you have to have or I didn't know. If that you... is an excellent idea. Okay. No. <laughs> Hold on one minute. Hang on. <laughs> well, it just sounded like, okay, every component is going to need these things in order, like, because you're passing in like the themes. And so yeah. I was like, oh, okay. So I, I see where you're going. Okay. That would be good. They're all a little different. Like some, yeah, we could do it. There's not a lot of over or carryover between things, just like a mix, setting up a default mix in that then you still have to fill out the inside and that kind of stuff. So, but I need to actually, that is an excellent idea. I need to go through and look at what is consistent between them and say, hey, we could do this. So thank you for that idea. (laughs) Didn't even think about it. I'm on a project with a similar setup. We're using Stencil instead of Storybook, but NX and, you know, we have everything in libs. I'm running into issues where when I bring in the wonderful Stencil components, when I test the Angular app, I have to mock the components that I built in Stencil for the Angular app because it starts, you know, it doesn't recognize the Stencil components are brought in properly. Have you run into, like, have have you run into anything like that? Or it's got to be a setup issue. We're doing something wrong, but I haven't spent... Are you running unit tests on your Angular apps with these storybook components or? We are not. I mean, we do have, all right, so that's yes and no. So in our NX, when we haven't started unit testing yet, because we've just been doing little components and I'm probably going to skip the unit test and go straight to Cypress so that we can test the end result because they're not, they're all basically dumb components. So it doesn't matter. They're showing you what you put in is what you get out just in a different format. So doing E to E, whatever Cypress type things make more sense to me in that respect. Now yeah, I think definitely app, for the components yeah. it does, yeah. Our existing app, yes, we're doing unit testing, but we haven't really had any issues other than tweaking the tests based on the new component. So what we're doing during the transition period is we're using Storybook and our NX monorepo to develop new components that we're putting in to go back and take old components, start building them out in there to make them consistent. And then we basically copy and paste and port them over to our old app for now until we get the whole old app, which is using a combination of Angular Material theming now, Gulp to run stuff, to build up all these different themes that we started with three years ago. So we're trying to get rid of that and a lot of different variables like SAS variables in different places, which... We're going through trying to rip all of that stuff out, move it over to theming. So then we could take the whole app, drop it into NX, and then start replacing those components we ported over with the ones directly from the libs folder. So there is some differences between them. Once we port them over, like we get it over there, like, oh, this doesn't work. Or we need to tweak this, we need to do that, or we did this completely wrong. And is so it we fix it there. of the reusable factor that you find differences between them? Yeah, it's the reusable factor or the conflicts between the way we're doing it now with the theming and the the 
running the SAS mix-ins and then the old variables being in there and stuff. So we're just having to tweak things like padding is wrong on this or whatever because something's conflicting. NG deeps are overriding things. So we're trying to get all those out of there as well. But it's working. It's painful. It's not easy, but it's working. And eventually we'll be able to pull it in there and replace them all and it'll be one big happy family. (laughs) How deep are you into the rewrite? Um, halfway there? Yeah, I I think so. I think we're close to halfway there on getting the theming stuff set up correctly in our existing app so that then we can pull it over into NX and then go from there. So I think we're about halfway there, actually. So yeah, and it may be a terrible idea. I don't know. But this is is the direction I've chosen. And this is how we're going. (laughs) So I may find that this was a big mistake. Hey, folks, this is Charles Maxwood, and I just launched my book, The Max Coder's Guide to Finding Your Dream Developer Job. It's up on Amazon. We self-published it. I would love your support. If you want to go check it out, you can find it there. The Max Coder's Guide to Finding Your Dream Developer Job. Have a good one. Max out. You know, I feel like if you do decide it was a big mistake, you're going to still be in a better spot because of it. You know, things will be consistent and you'll be, it'll be like self-encapsulated. So if you're like, we've got to throw this out, it's going to be like that much easier to get to the next step. So I think it will be because everything will be encapsulated. And it's funny because you asked me if I'd been doing much React and I've done a little bit, but throughout this process, I've almost taken a re from my little bit of knowledge I've almost taken a react kind of approach to how we're doing this. So even though it's an angular, it's very I've seen a lot of similarities between React components and our Angular components. Um, and just componentizing. Or? Yeah, componentizing everything. Mm-hmm. So even though you have an input, you know, a typical material input, Angular material input, then you need to add, if that input needs to act differently theme-wise or whatever, based on where it is in the app, then you make a component that is essentially just a wrapper for something that's already a component. But instead of rewriting all the things all the time, you're using that component and feeding it like maybe two options at, at best. And then it's just kind of an isolated component that does what you want it to do. And it's a component that you can reuse with those two options. Yeah, yes or no, on or off, true or false, whatever. And to me, that seems to be lining up a lot with what I see in React, like a button or a, a spinner or whatever. And I don't know, maybe I'm totally wrong, but that's the parallel I've been drawing. No, I, I think you're right, but you're still putting your HTML in a separate file, right? I love you, Brooks. Yes. I love you, Brooks. I appreciate well, that then, as well. Then, then you're fine. <laughs> Good. Yeah. I know. It's like, yay, single file components. I'm like, why? <laughs> you yeah, never do that with Angular though. Like if it's a small component, there I don't see any problem with using like the with using the template string in my We're looking for a new host, Brad, because Chris has been <laughs> <laughs> he, he actually can't do it anymore so yeah so if you're available let us know (laughs) all right i will let you know i'll have my people get in touch with your people you wait till my picks now (laughs) he's gonna pick any other podcast but this one (laughs) i'm gonna pick pick 10 things i hate about you (laughs) i've never seen that actually but i'm aware it's a thing It it felt like an appropriate thing to say Hey, I'm I don't actually, think I've seen it either. Is it a I chick flick? Yeah. I haven't seen it. Yeah. Okay. No. Do you typically watch chick flicks or not? No, I find them droll. <laughs> <laughs> All right, great. Apart from Pitch Perfect, right? God love Pitch Perfect. <laughs> Pitch Perfect. Pitch Perfect, the acapella one, where they where they just sing the whole time. Do you know? No? I just want I think, to sing. I think I'm thinking yeah. of High School Musical, which is not what you're talking about. So no, no, I'm, I'm going to go with no. Absolutely not. How are you, you don't even know what I'm talking about. Anyway, <laughs> sorry, I'm really in this conversation. I'm a big like sci-fi fantasy like nerd. So whenever it comes to like normal, like even actors, I'm like, I saw, like I was doing this tour in London and the tour guide was like talking to me and my sister and was like, Drop, like name dropping right and left like with the tour and we were both just like blank faced because it's just I can't like like he was like these are really popular people and we're like we believe you like <laughs> <laughs> so but yeah I actually wanted to ask Brad before we get to picks about NGDE and what happened and how that went oh that was awesome that was actually amazing that was well first of all Ryan said hey if we get you know, accepted to Berlin. Do you want to go? I'm like, well, yeah, you know, to NGDE. I'm like, yeah, we'll figure it out. We'll make it happen. And so we did. And we got there. And just from the beginning, it was just very well run. 
it was their first year and it was at an amazing venue. This it is was in am- 2019, right? Yeah, 2019. August, okay. the end of August, like 29th, 30th, something like that. Yeah. And it was an amazing venue, amazing people. The food was amazing. Everything was just great. And it and, was their first and the year. Beer. How is the beer bread? <laughs> It's German beer, which I'm not a huge fan of German beer, but... It wasn't good? Oh, you're breaking my heart. No, no, no. It's good. It's good. No, 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 no. No, no, no. I haven't finished. I have not finished the story yet. It was an amazing thing because what happened was, this is great. I was looking for craft beer bars because I'm I'm a beer nerd and I'll... Yes, 98% hops. That's fine. And found this really cool bar called Protocol. And so we went over there one evening and they had tons of beer from everywhere, including America. And it was all craft beer. And I was looking at the big list of bottles and I saw one from Tulsa for my hometown. Shut the front door. No, because these people, there's a really, so anyone out there that's listening that is a beer nerd, other or American Solera is in Tulsa and they're on the list of world-known beer brewery things. Um, They were voted best new brewery in 2016, I think, in the country or the world. And there was bottles of stuff that from there. And I was like, oh my God. So I I said, yeah, really have this? Yeah. I said, okay, we want one. So I opened it, shared it with people. You did not order All the way to Berlin, get beer from home. I drink a lot of beer. I didn't say that was my only beer. (laughs) Excellent. Excellent (laughs) response. Did you have the iconic beer in a boot? Uh, it wasn't, boot yeah, beer. it wasn't in a boot. We did eat at the Polliner restaurant. So I did have a lot of Polliner beer. So, which is was, German. Was it amazing? Like, like it was good. It was great German like, beer. I can only have a beer in Berlin. What, what are they? Oh. What, from Brad's list. The one from Tulsa. Beers. Yeah. The one from <laughs> no, there is a lot of good craft beer in, in <laughs> Europe as well. And they had those and I tried them and they were good. If, one beer in Berlin, I would say... God, what's it called? Berliner, the the cheap one. It's like a green bottle with a red cap and it's like the Bud Light of Germany. Bud so yeah, I mean, I love it. If you're there, you might as well do that. Okay. I Every time I'm out abroad, I always do the, the wines. I'm a wine girl and I, I try all the Cabernets I can because there's actually like a list of my favorites that we can't even get imported here. Like it's just... Wow. I don't understand. It's wine. Like, yes, I get that it's a higher alcohol content, but they just, I contacted like the actual winery and they were like, no, they won't allow us to ship it to you. And I was like, this is ridiculous. So anyways, yeah. I digress. When you travel, you got to try some Cabernets because they've got some good ones that aren't allowed in the States. So <laughs> that's crazy. That's it's really crazy because we get all kinds of stuff from everywhere. Why can't we get <laughs> everything from everywhere? What is the alcohol content that you're not allowed in, in wine in America? Uh, that was Zach. Do you know the alcohol content that we're not allowed? No, he was because Zach was the one who was reaching out to the wineries, and they were like, "It's some regulation about alcohol content allowed in wine." So I don't know the exact one, but that mm. is the reason why. So I, I got some wine in my wine rack that's like fourteen and a half percent. Good lord! <laughs> I know, <laughs> I know, right? Save those for a special, I've got special some, occasion. I've got beers that are fourteen percent. Now that I can't I know, do. I know. Yeah. That's where I was like, really? Um, there's other alcohols that are higher, but I'll let it, I'll let it go. Yeah. So, so NGVE, these... if they yes. have it again, you're like, it's definitely a must. Oh, yeah, totally. Gotta go. Mm-hmm. Oh, totally. Yeah, it was awesome. I mean, it was, and I told Robin that later. I was just thinking, once we got into this whole COVID thing, mm-hmm. I was like, man, you feel so much more appreciative of all the stuff you could do than used to be able to do. So I just, I, I DM'd him. I'm like, dude, I just want to say thanks again for bringing us over because that was an amazing conference, amazing trip. And now that we realize what we lost, I guess, yeah. it even makes me cry. So, <laughs> so yes, it was it was awesome. Mm. Not enough right. nice things to say about it. Very cool. I definitely, I did not make the first one, but as soon as this is all over, I'm definitely going to apply because I did not know, I hadn't heard from others that it was that epic so thanks for that i enjoyed it i mean it, it was it was really great so i don't know if everyone feels that way but <laughs> I oh no you're speaking for everyone brad <laughs> okay cool yeah we all enjoyed it every one of us it was the most amazing thing mm-hmm. no one made dissent <laughs> so let's see do we have anything else before we hit up some picks is there anything else about nx or storybook or de ngde or other things that you want to talk about before we do picks not from me. Any questions that I can try to answer? 
I will take your silence as no. <laughs> I'm like over there looking at Brooks. Like, what do you got, Brooks? What do you got? <laughs> I love. Uh, it's like whatever. I like your beard. Uh, <laughs> no, okay, seriously, yeah, you all can't see it, but Brad has this. He's killer, got a dope beard. Yeah. Killer. What is there a name for that style? It's a goatee. It's just a really long goatee. Is it a goatee? I think once you. I don't know. The it's breast like... line. It's no longer. <laughs> I mean, Maybe it's, it's just like in the a middle. goat's beard, isn't it? Like uh, it does look like a goat's beard, but a cool yeah. one. With all due respect. Yeah. yeah. That's no, not, that's not intended. None, none respect taken. You, um, sir, you have, <laughs> you have the beard of a goat. And then and then we take out a glove and slap yes. each other around the face with it. <laughs> yes. Awesome. Very Monty Python of you. I love it. Do you know goats have square pupils? Yeah, that's why they're like often demonized because they don't. Really? That I freaks didn't me out. Do you know koalas have two thumbs? You live in Oklahoma. How have you not hung I mean, out with a goat uh, to be before? Fair, I've got I live in the city. No, no, no. Per hand. <laughs> oh, okay. My statement stands and I was born True. there. True. <laughs> I have seen a goat. And my, my dog groomer has a pet goat who likes to hang out with all the dogs. But I've never stared into the goat's look, eyes. Look into its so, eyes. <laughs> I've never looked into yeah, its no. eyes. I saw True. men who stare at goats. I'm not looking into those eyes. <laughs> Alyssa won't, won't know that film because it doesn't have a spaceship in it. Oh my God! I assume. Listen, I mean, I've not Chris. seen it either. What? <laughs> There's a lot of movies I don't know, and it's not spaceship related. I'm just not very well versed in that area. You found my weakness, okay? <laughs> yeah. What you need is to watch a good dose of Pitch Perfect. <laughs> no, I need to. I need to join a movie club or like just buy like TLDR list. Like that way, anytime someone references, I'm like, yeah, with the blah blah person. You know, like cheat my way through it. Should. <laughs> IMDb. The Cliffs Notes. There's a thing. It's IMDb. (laughs) It does have the plot in there, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah, you can see the plot, synopsis, and everything. There you go. There's your Cliff Notes. One of the biggest pain points that I find as I talk to people about software is deployment. It's really interesting to have the conversations with people where it's, I don't want to deal with Docker. I don't want to deal with Kubernetes. I don't want to deal with setting up servers. I don't, you know, all of these different things. And in a lot of ways, DevOps has gotten a lot easier. And in a lot of ways, DevOps has also kind of embraced a certain amount of culture around applications, the way we build them, the way we deploy them. And I've really felt for a long time that developers need to have the conversations with DevOps or adopt some form of DevOps so that they can take control of what they're doing and really understand when things go to production, what's going on so that they can help debug the issues and fix the issues and find the issues when they go wrong and help streamline things and make things better and slicker and easier so that they'll more generally go right. So we started a podcast called Adventures in DevOps. And I pulled in one of the hosts from one of my favorite DevOps shows, Nell Shamrell Harrington from The Food Fight Show. And we got things rolling there. And so this is more or less a continuation of The Food Fight Show where we're talking about the things that go into DevOps. So if you're struggling with any of these operational type things, then definitely check out Adventures in DevOps. And you can find it at adventuresindevopspodcast.com. Okay, so my pick is going to be related to fall is coming on and every fall it's family family tradition that we watch all the Harry Potter movies. Do any of you three have a tradition like that with movies or shows, I guess? But We watch Elf at Christmas because it's hysterical. <laughs> so we watch and... Christmas Vacation. Oh, on repeat. Those are like, so stressful. In the background. Don't they stress you out, Brad? <laughs> not Christmas Vacation. It's hilarious. <laughs> Is that National Lampoon? Yes. Is that what it's called? Yeah, no, I've not seen it, actually. I like Ooh, my, wow. The one I like always like to see at Christmas is Scrooged. It's, what's that, Bill Murray. Have you seen that one? Yeah, that was love, good. Love that one. It's classic, <laughs> classic 80s Bill Murray. Do you remember uh, the, the, the cab driver from that? Yes. So I do you do. know that he is, he's the dude that did the feeling hot, hot, hot song in the 80s really <laughs> late 80s i think yeah it's it's hilarious like it was i i just recently put that together i'm like that guy looks familiar i'm like that's remarkable started <laughs> actually the, googling the, i'm like the, oh my god the, i do know that the fairy in that is the lady who played the granny adams in the adams family movie from the 90s who then later turned up in what's it called kimmy schmidt on netflix yes. oh carol carol kane yeah Maybe yes. Oh, oh we love like we love you with name dropping. It's disgusting. I mean, <laughs> I mean, I didn't know, know the I, text, I texted her yesterday and asked <laughs> how she was doing. Yeah. So yeah. 
No, I just... We love her. She's awesome. She was also in A Princess Bride. She was the the old lady, you know, half on Storm in the Castle with Billy Crystal. So, yeah. Yeah, the chocolate coating makes it go down easier. That one? Yeah, that one. Yeah. She was also in Transylvania 65,000. She's very recognizable. So I you just have, have all these... remarkable... It's <laughs> recall. Yeah. Do you have what it, what it, like a close to eidetic memory? Like No, that? not at all, which is hilarious. Because no. <laughs> I can remember movie quotes and I can remember things like this, but I cannot remember much anything. Like, what did I do yesterday? I don't even know. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. I have to read something. I read a number. I'm trying to type it in on another screen. I've got, crap, I have to go back to the other screen to get the next three numbers. <laughs> back to, no, you know. Can't they so, make yeah. those like four numbers, not the six numbers that they got? It's, it's the dual <laughs> authentication. It's really... Oh, yeah. Grinding my gears lately. Well, there was something I heard where you could split them up into threes and then it's easier to remember each set than having like a six together or even four together. I think four is the cutoff of things you can remember, but grouped even in threes, you can remember more of them. More, you can remember two groups of threes. Yeah. Yeah. I hate those things. The dual off. I, I know they're good. Don't, don't get me wrong. <laughs> I hate security. I <laughs> but it's just annoying. This app is here. It's insecure. You think you think yours is annoying. We have a Twitch account with our dev advocate team and it goes to my boss's phone. So if I ever need to sign in, I have to I have to slack her and ask her to check her text messages for the authentication code. Wow. Yeah, seems that's like Twitch painful. needs to, to tap into the enterprise market is what, what has to yeah. happen there and start charging. Yeah, that'll be ridiculous nice. Sums of money. <laughs> when I was enterprise in my last, my last place I was working, I we had a similar thing where we had to do authentication and it sent a thing to a mobile phone, but the, it was going to the mobile phone of a developer in Bangalore, which is in <laughs> India. Which is something like six and a half hours ahead of the UK. Uh, I was going to say that's not that's not helpful. Yeah. Like, would they get that working? Also, this yeah. this this poor woman as well was just because like on my team, I can't remember what it was, but we were trying to get access to something, and like everyone from my team was just like authenticate, authenticate, authenticate. This this poor woman must have just woken up to like eight million text messages. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> Oh my goodness. Hey, Brooks, speaking of beards, I want you to do that pick because I like that. Oh, yeah. So we were talking about beards and uh, (laughs) shaving before, and I decided I was going to pick Safety Razor, which is safer than a straight blade, but just uses one blade and you can use either side of it. It's kind of like a T looking thing. And the blades are super cheap. When I started, I got like a multi-pack on Amazon, which is totally some dude just like bought a bunch of big packs and like threw them in a Ziploc bag and gave them to me <laughs> for like five bucks. And then, but like a huge pack is like, like of like 2000 blades, it's like $15 or something on Amazon. So it's really cheap and you can use a new blade whenever you want to. Yeah, that's my pick, safety razors. Oh, and speaking of the Adams Family, watch the Adams Family remake, the new one from like a year ago. It's very funny. And my three-year-old daughter loves it, which is kind of morbid. You know, it, it's got like guillotines and stuff in it. And she is like <laughs> into it. Oh, that's like, awesome. Whoa. So yeah, <laughs> definitely a great movie. Those are my picks. Chris, it's your turn as it is. designated. It Wait, is. yeah. I think we did it wrong. We, we, we did. did. I was I was just but... been sitting here. I'm surprised you haven't been able to see the rage. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't have a segue for Chris's because I didn't know Chris. No, that's true. Spe- speaking of bids. Chris, what are your picks? For, for anyone who's, who's not on camera. Bearded dragon. A bearded dragon Everyone is listening. Chris's pick. He just picked I, one up at the pet I store. I don't have a beard. Yeah. Again, Brad, we have, we're one panelist down, so. Why am I, nice. like, why is this always me? Getting all the <laughs> anyway, I have picks, right? And I am all planned out beautifully, but I, I, I loved the segment of this episode where we just talked about beer and wine two things that are very close to my heart. So I've sw- swapped out my picks. Ooh. I'm going to pick, uh, first of all, I'm going to pick uh, my favorite craft beer company, which is a brewery called Brewdog that are based in Aberdeen, which is in Scotland. I don't know if you've ever had any Brewdog. I- I'm a particularly fond of one they do called Punk IPA, which I think was their first. And it's, it's a really, really nice craft beer. Also, they're, they're a great company because at the start of the COVID crisis, they... They completely converted 
their primary brewery to producing antibacterial hand gel, which they called punk hand sanitizer. <laughs> and they just gave it out for free to the local hospitals. So that was a particularly good thing to do. So that's, that's BrewDog is my first pick. And my second pick, I'm going to pick this wine subscription thing that I, I particularly like. It's called Naked Wines. It, it's not like that. But what I particularly like about them, and I think they are branched out into the States as well for anyone on that side of the pond is, who, who's interested. But you, you, you pay like £20 a month or whatever, and it goes into your account. And they use that money to to fund independent wineries because there's a big problem in the wine industry where supermarkets will will basically buy up all of the wine, give you a pittance, give the the, the winemakers a pittance for it, and then hugely mark it up. Um, whereas here, you're you're buying your wine directly from the winemakers all over the world. And I don't know, you maybe be able, that, that's where I get my wines that's on the wine rack. That's like fourteen and a half percent. So maybe check it out Alyssa. Mm-hmm. That's na- naked wines. That's that's great. And also. I'll just add as a as a little side note, I'm particularly looking forward to when we have our spin-off show where we just talk about wines because <laughs> ooh, I'm well up for that. Wines uh, and draft. I like just went to Naked Wines and I started their quiz. It says, you buy a $100 Napa cab. What's the value of the juice inside the bottle? And the two options are 20 or 60. <laughs> <laughs> That's the thing. This is, this is, that is my kind of quiz. I yeah. hate California wine. I'm sorry, anyone who lives in California, but I hate it. I literally, anytime I go to like a nice restaurant, I look through and I go, do you have anything not from Napa? I'm like, no, no. Okay, cool. So, <laughs> so this quiz is just cracking me up. Naked wines. Yeah. Us.nakedwines.com. Oh, what about Oklahoma wine? Do you like Oklahoma wine? Dude, I we have one or two. Wine. Do, tell me like either. the name. Of, oh, I was like, if you have a favorite, I need to know. No, I don't have a favorite. You I've never shaking even had your it. head when he was talking about BrewDog. Have you had it? Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, I wasn't shaking. Oh, shaking up, nodding my head. Yes. I wasn't shaking my head. BrewDog's great. I love BrewDog. Like, right? it was actually, I feel like they're interchangeable. <laughs> true. They are not. They're different things. <laughs> no, that was one of the places we went in Berlin, actually. We went to BrewDog. Oh. But yeah, because they uh, have bars as well. Yeah. Yeah. And it's it's awesome. It was like, yeah, it wasn't the actual brewery. It was just the Brewdog pub, but it was great. And there's actually one in Columbus, Ohio that has a hotel, I think, with it. In like the brewery? I think so. That's what yeah, I heard. That's no awesome. drinking and driving. <laughs> hey, it's a good plan, really. Yeah. So, yeah. So all right. So my picks, right? I'm going to pick a couple of things. One, I'm going to pick craft beer because I'm a nerd. And I like craft oh, beer. Oh, that segues perfectly into my question. What is craft oh. beer? Craft beer is expensive beer. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just getting signs off. Yeah. <laughs> craft beer is handcrafted artisanal beer that is not mainstream yet, I guess. So like I didn't drink beer until craft beer came around because I don't really like pilsners and lagers and that kind of stuff. And it's mostly the yeast and the aftertaste. So like Bud Light or Budweiser or Miller or any of that kind of stuff just it's not because it's not cool it's just because i didn't like the taste and then when we started getting these big stouts and big ipas and looking back at old recipes like i had a pre-prohibition lager from I think ren house in phoenix and it was amazing and it's a lager that was amazing and i usually don't like those so i think at some point we got into the whole specific kind of yeast and then craft beer has broken out of that and started a whole new some good some bad idea like, oh, thank you for that. I, I love that. I mean, that was me. So craft beer. And then my second pick, because I want to, is doing things that you should have done 20 years ago. <laughs> like I was a musician and I got into playing guitar and I thought I was going to be a musician for a living and that didn't work out. A lot of different reasons. One, I didn't work hard enough. That's probably the biggest one. So it was all a romantic dream with no action behind it. But I also liked EDM and techno and that kind of stuff way back when. And because I was always playing acoustic guitar, I always got in my head to just stick with that and not actually branch out and not try anything. Don't buy a keyboard, none of that stuff. And so I just ordered for my birthday a MIDI controller and stuff because I'm going to start playing with electronic music now. And I should have done it in the 90s. What's a MIDI right, right. controller? It's a keyboard that controls software on your computer to make the sounds. So software synthesizers and stuff. So you have a lot more options. Do you have Some, you ever played like a normal keyboard or you just like dive in head first? I took piano lessons when I was a kid and I hated it. And I only <laughs> took them for less than a year. So I can pluck around on it, but I can't play with two hands and I can't none of that stuff. So it'll be fun. I anticipate yeah. tweets of things you've created. 
Great. <laughs> do you do you have a SoundCloud? <laughs> yes. No, not yet, but I will have a SoundCloud. Well, Brad, this has been. We are at the top of the hour. But this you has need been... to do picks, Alyssa. Where's your pick? Oh, did I not? Oh, you're going to pick. I thought I said something doing... was a pick of mine. You're going to pick doing Code It Live on Wednesdays at 2 p.m. Central, maybe. Okay, so done that pick too many times, apparently. <laughs> Okay, no. I have... I was being genuine. I want Oh, were you? Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, everything that he said genuine. was... How everything he said was true. Yeah. <laughs> it's the tea. It, it comes off as schnobbish. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. I have... So I use one password for everything. Even things that I shouldn't use it for, like I have a card in there that has like my favorite wines, my favorite Cubic Bezier, my driver's license number, right? Like it has everything in there about me because I have a really bad memory. So my favorite wine, I just looked it up, that I had in London, can't get it in the States, is Goldberg Zweigelt from Austria, 2014. So darlings, if you can get your hands on that jewel, that is my pick for today. So, Chris, that was a subtle hint to uh, find yeah, some really. and ship it. <laughs> yep. Uh, totally, like, in a legal manner. <laughs> of course, of course. <laughs> just in, like, a, a huge shipping container that's just full of, like, stuffed animals or something. And, like, like inside of the middle of one, there's a bear that you it's just have of, to, like... You've got to find the really heavy bear. <laughs> yeah. And, and inside of that bear <laughs> is a case of wine. <laughs> Why is this bear square? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> ask questions brad just give me the bear <laughs> put the bunny down anyway oh but no um, seriously thank you for the show man this was thank awesome. you for having me on this has been great because when i first started getting into angular and everything and back when i was talking about doing you know learning dev well once angular came around but i still wasn't doing it as my full-time job i was listening to this show like over and over and over and over to all the episodes so it's really kind of cool to be on it now mm. thank you also, I just want to put out the invitation because I will be moving back to Tulsa very, very soon in the winter time. And so if you love Angular and you also love beer or wine, you should DM me or DM Brad and we can all three get together and hang out because I'll be back in T-Town. So. Oh, yeah. Awesome. <laughs> oh, and if you do need another panelist, I'm always willing to be available. Yeah. Chris, did you hear that? <laughs> There's, we can not, have an, another panelist, right? Yeah, I don't not, believe. Not in no, place of Chris. Yeah. I'm not trying to kick Chris out. Yeah. His voice okay. is so hey, you don't have to try. You don't have to try. We've already kicked him out. Chris, I'm, the, I'm the cheerio guy. You can't get rid of the cheerio guy. Here he is. Hello, hello, hello. You know, Brad, we might take you up on it because you have made awesome. the show lively and fun and we love Ooh. having you. So thank you. Well, so thank much. you. I, thanks for having me. Bandwidth for this segment is provided by Cashfly, the world's fastest CDN. Deliver your content fast with Cashfly. Visit C-A-C-H-E-F-L-Y dot com to learn more.